0: Again, slash book launch. Today on the podcast
1: review show, we're looking at Punched Up. Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the podcast review show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com.
0: All right, welcome to the Podcast Review Show. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting. This is where we uh, have somebody come up. They ask us to review their show. And I bring in one of the best minds in radio slash podcasting, the one and only Eric K. Johnson from uh, PodcastTalentCoach.com. And uh, we tell you what you're doing good. And uh, we go and you might want to tweak this stuff uh, over there as well. So, Eric, how are you doing, buddy? I am well, Dave. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, we always we have a couple different ways you can get reviewed. You can come on the show live if you'd like. Which a- we like, which we like, and then there are some people that choose this option, which we don't hate, but we don't like as much. But uh, it's it's still a good way to get your show reviewed. In uh, Michael Malone from the Punched Up Podcast. Uh, said he'd like to have his show reviewed, but uh, he chose the option. It's uh, the economical version, I guess we could say, of getting your podcast reviewed. Uh, the only downside is he's not here. If we have any questions for him, I think that's really half of it. We want to ask them questions like, why did you do this or why did you do that? That's the most
2: frustrating part about not having a guest here with us. We, we don't know any reasoning behind something. So we're giving a critique on part of the show and he might have a reason for doing it. Uh, In a particular way, but we are truly listening as listeners when we do it this way, because we just listen and we we comment as as listeners rather than um, as a as a coach, I guess. Yeah,
0: we talk like you're not in the room because, well, (laughs) you're not in the room. Uh, But we did ask him, we're like, you know, why did you get into podcasting? And uh, Michael's a, a comedian. He says, I believe the best stories are told backstage in the green room. The problem is not everyone gets to hear those stories. And oh, so, I would completely agree. Some of the best <laughs> stories are told when the <laughs> mic is off, and you're like,
2: "Oh, you should have saved that until the microphone was open."
0: And he says, "I wanted to share these great stories with the rest of the world. Uh, I try to really bring them to life using music, sound bites, and live performance pieces." Um, and again, he just said, he, "He, you know, he sees these stories that uh, basically, in this case, from stand-up comedians, and uh, that are kind of again behind the stage." His uh, target audience, he says, are people that enjoy... If you like This American Life, Radio Lab Serial. In fact, for me, that was the one thing you'll hear when we hear the beginning. There's a thing and I was like, ah, somebody likes Serial. Yeah, um, they do. And it's kind of a storyteller uh, kind of show here. And um, I asked him, I'm like, you know, how is your show different? And he says, why mix in music, sound bites, and live performance pieces, you know, to bring these stories to life, uh, which is... it's It's a really... Well, we'll get into that here. We'll, we'll play a little here in a second. And I asked him, and I always ask everybody this because everybody has a different answer. How do you know when your podcast is successful? Cause some people it's like, well, I need X amount of downloads. Some people only if I have a sponsor, some people are trying to change people's attitudes. It depends on what it is. And he said, well, we recently ranked in the top 25 comedy podcast on iTunes. Congratulations on that. He says, I'm hoping to get more listenership. I want to share those stories with as many people as possible. So I guess he's just looking, he doesn't really, didn't really answer the question. How do you know when it's successful? I guess when he wants to get to number one, uh, that'll be it. And, um, you know, I kind of ask, well, what do you want people to do with your content? Because that's always one thing. And he says, I hope that listeners come away from these episodes a little more relaxed, being a little more normal. He says, a lot of these comedians are sharing stories of their personal struggles, but still relate to the majority he says, and most stories are about overcoming obstacles and following through on, you know, what makes you happy in life. So he says, I hope it motivates the listeners basically to uh, to do the same. And um, he said he kind of, by doing that, he wants people to feel uh, included. He says, I want them to feel that they've uh, been let backstage and they are learning about these extremely personal stories that uh, no one else gets to hear. So uh with that let's go ahead and uh we'll play a little bit uh this is from a uh, an episode called from speechless to showtime so we'll play uh the first five minutes and then we'll pause it it's really a short show anyway the most of the episodes were this one's about 13 minutes long Uh, other ones were a little longer a little shorter so i I like the fact that it seems to uh, and maybe that's the whole idea of punched up i hear people talk about punching up a script And I think he's got a story, he gets in, he gets out. And uh, so here is uh, the episode from Speechless to Showtime. I think I knew I wanted to be an entertainer in my head probably since I
3: was about five or six years old. And my stutter problem started, according to my parents, around three. Oh, wow.
0: That is comedian Ben Glebe.
1: I'm your host, Michael Malone. And this is Punched Up, a podcast about stand-up comedy that's, well, Punched Up.
3: And I, 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 they made remember like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you can even talk. No, they said- Relax, <laughs> breathe, breathe. They,
3: How could it possibly be that I have all these funny thoughts in my head? I wanted to be a comedian since I was like five, six years old, and I can't talk? <laughs> What kind of a cruel irony is that? I literally can't make sounds come out of my mouth. Yet I have really funny things to say. It just blew my mind. And it would come and go and I have a great six months. I I still was chosen class. Comedian, yeah. Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. <laughs> in the years when I had severe speech problems, because some months I could, some classes I could, and then I, and then I would get in my head and I would completely clam up. Right. And I got beaten up in the hallway in eighth grade by a bunch of idiots because I, I don't know, because I was weird. And you can't talk your way out of this. At this time.
0: Like most comics are like, right. well,
3: I was able to talk my way out of a I, lot of. I, I tried. You. <laughs> I was hitting some blocks. I'm like, this is not a good time to be hitting a, <laughs> hitting a break in my speech. When I'm trying to save myself from physical harm. Yeah.
0: Can you come back a little, little later?
3: <laughs> exactly. I would see speech therapists sporadically throughout my life and they would always try to teach me these physical techniques how to cure the stutter. A lot of people get blocked on M sounds and V sounds and Bs and Ns because so, they're hard sounds and you're not opening your vocal cords to say them, they're like mmm, it's like a closed sound. Right. So to get rid of it you can put an H sound in front of a word, so instead of saying mom I'm hungry you say ha mom I'm hungry. And I never tried it even once. It just seemed like a ridiculous trick. It that made me sound like a breathy pervert. I think it was just, hi, what's going on? It's like I was not interested in that. I'd rather have a speech problem than come off as com-
1: rather complete have a than be a creep.
3: Yeah, to be old a old creep. I'd take a stutter every day of the week. There was just a lot of times where I'd come home, mom was like, "You know I'm what? I'm going to go
0: ahead it. and uh, like because that's a good spot right there. Rather than stop in the middle of a story somewhere, and it gives us a good idea. I think you get a good snapshot of how the show is just from that little that was a little three minute clip and uh since it fades out there we'll we'll do the same so um eric i'll let you start off
2: overall you know the 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 episode's short we talked about that it is about 13 13 and a half minutes long it moves really fast i love the nice quick clip at the beginning we typically start off the show here Uh, Discussing the introduction and I do and the introduction was really nice. I like the the short quick clip that he included at the beginning I thought it set up the episode nicely Uh, The issue that I had with the introduction was that it was almost too fast, you know, I like a brief introduction Don't sit here and tell me your entire life story as we're trying to get into the meat of the episode get into the meat quickly However, I I felt Michael moved a little too fast. I actually had to listen to the episode a second time just to catch the name of the guest because this was my first time listening. So I wasn't familiar with Michael. And when he introduced the the guest, uh, I believe the guest's name is Ben, and then he introduces himself and then we're moving right along and we're into the show. Um, I thought his introduction could be a little bit longer to explain to me what the show is all about and then who the guest is and and why we should care why why i should spend the 13 minutes listening to the show but overall i, I love the the narrative style the the kind of NPR style i thought he does a fantastic job editing this whole thing together this this 13 minute show is not easy to produce it's probably 13 minutes long because it takes him about two and a half hours to edit it all down and put it together but I thought overall the stories were fantastic. Um, the the stories he got the guests to tell and that he chose to include really brought the the episode to life and he was and the thing moves quick. I like it.
0: Yeah, that was me. I uh it starts off, you know, with him saying the thing about a stutter, and I was waiting for welcome to the punched up show, you know, or some sort of music. And it just starts off with a guy talking. And it was kind of cool that he had that little, I'm just gonna call it the serial music, because that's the first thing I thought of when I heard it, that little piano because it gave my brain a second to catch up and go, oh, wait, this isn't like every other show I've heard where it's, you know, it's the music radio creative intro with everybody. And, you know, now here's your host kind of thing. And so I kind of liked that just because it was different. And then as soon as I heard the piano, I was like, oh, this is a a narrative style show. And uh, and then I thought Mike did a good job of kind of jumping in and explaining uh, what it was. But at that point, I kind of was strapped in cause I knew what I was into, but yeah, the, the first like 30 seconds, I was kind of like, what am I walked into? And then I was like, Oh, I get it now. So I'm not sure if I, if I wasn't familiar with serial, and the fact of what was coming up, you know, it, it was kind of what it, it's like, you say it moves quick. And that's the cool thing is uh, about the time it gets, you know, if you're not sure where the story goes, hang on a second cause it's probably going to, you know, move to another person or another narrative or something of that nature. So, uh, but
2: it's not, it's not only like serial, though. It's very much like NPR. If you listen to NPR uh, at all, their stories are very much like this on a lot of their shows where they'll, they'll, they'll play a little clip of the interview and then they'll say, that was, that was Ben Mm Glebe. He's a cashier at the local market in the, in the middle of town. And he's the guy that knows everybody. And then they'll play a little more of the interview. Um, it's very much an NPR style, which is, it's pretty cool. And it's easy to get used to. Uh, and it's very comfortable, especially in this sort of environment. It takes a lot of work to produce it, but I think he did a fantastic job doing it. The music, I kind of like the 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 music, um, the way he used it. I wasn't a fan of the music itself because to me, the, the music felt more like a uh, like an old-timey ragtime sort of uh, vaudeville show or a a mystery like you wanted to lead me into something. I didn't get I didn't get funny comedy coming from the music. I didn't feel like the music like get ready to laugh because this is gonna be funny.
0: Well, I thought to me that last thing right when they faded out, I thought it was to me it sounded like something that would have been on like a peanuts thing, was, like the cool jazz piano thing I was, yeah, so it's like, like a little Vince Guaraldi sort of stuff, yeah, I was waiting for Schroeder to come out and
2: the other thing I had about the music while we're while we're chatting about the music is um music should be used to transition your episode and move from one piece of content to the next. And and move it forward. A lot of people who haven't studied music will use music underneath everything they do because they feel that gives it momentum. Um, but it it really doesn't. It, it it's sort of distracting. You know, I had a, a coach one time tell me he'd ask he asked me why do you why do you have music under everything you do and it was like oh because it gives it momentum it gives it some energy and he said oh okay well let me ask you this if you were sitting in a doctor's office. And uh, you were waiting for your test results, and the doctor came in with his clipboard, and, and uh, you said, oh, "Hey, hey, doc, uh, what what what's it say on the clipboard there?" And the doctor said, "Oh, yeah, about that." Well, hold on a second. Let me put this music bed on underneath me here. <laughs> you like, I, I, Doc? I really don't need the music bed. I just need the results on the clipboard, and that's it. If the content that you're providing is strong enough, you don't need the music bed underneath it. That music bed should signal something is coming, like a transition to another piece of the interview or something like that. If you're if you're editing like he is. Uh, at the interview together in parts So you have part A, part B, part C And you have the same music under all Three parts, you really don't know when The transition happens from One piece of the interview to the next Or from one story to the next story So he's telling about the story of getting his butt kicked back in school um, because of his stutter. Then you have the transition part, and then he's into a story about um, when he's on stage or preparing for showtime or something like that. So the music should be used as a transition to help move the story forward and not something underneath to support the entire story.
0: Yeah, for me, the one time I thought that it was a, a, a fairly decent use of the music was he, and it was a great twist because... He talks about, spoiler alert, he talks about how the guy had overcome his stutter, and then it comes back. And when he was talking about that and how he couldn't get his mouth to work, he had some kind of um, just dramatic, I guess would be another way of saying the music, was kind of the soft piano, kind of like... Oh, you know, because you think he's the hero and he's gone. And then the soft music comes in as he's it was very Barbara Walters kind of music. You know what I mean? That would yeah, exactly. Tell me the story when, you know, your dog died. And here comes, the you know, the solo piano kind of thing. And that I thought kind of fit the mood. Uh, so that was one where I thought, OK, I, I see where he's going there. But, yep. I can agree with that because they do
2: that in, in movies. Yeah. Right. The, the, but the soundtrack of the movie isn't under the entire movie. Yeah, It's under particular parts to really make that part stand out. And that's what I thought. I thought the part we just listened to the very end of that last part, I thought the music was a little hot. It was a little um, tough to understand what the guest was saying. Um, But there are times where the music fit. I don't know if that was on purpose or what, but make sure the music has a purpose. If you're going to tuck it under what you're doing.
0: Yeah. What did you think of how he used the different guests and you know, he had a bunch of people kind of chime in on this guy's story. I
2: kind of like that. Um, sometimes it was hard to follow. He plays a clip where um, where Ben is on Chelsea Handler show, and, and it's hilarious, but it took me a minute to get where we were, you know, to get my bearings. You know, it was like I woke up in the back of the car, and I was like, oh, hold on a second, where are we? And I had, wait a minute, I think that sounds like Chelsea Handler. Uh, and it was funny. It was great, but it took me a minute. I almost felt like I was kind of off balance quite a bit of the episode, trying to figure out where we were. And the next thing I knew it was over, but I, I liked the, I liked the various voices and personalities he brought into it. Um, I think the fast pace of it made it a little tough to keep up with.
0: Yeah, I uh, I'm with you on that. I I forget. It might have been the Chelsea Handler one where he explained what it was after it had happened, because he he explained how he was someplace and he couldn't talk. And it was kind of like, this is what it sounds like. And then they went to that and you hear this whole audience just belly laughing at this poor guy. And, and, you know, people are kind of poking fun at him. And, uh, you, you realize it's, I don't know. I did at the time. I don't remember if I thought it was TV or whatever it was, but, uh, um, yeah. So that's, I'm not sure how you do, cause that's usually how it is in, in NPR. It's usually either, you know, um, we spoke with LeBron James about such and such, and here's what he had to say about, you know, and that, what did you, find? you know, and then you, you play the clip or <laughs> you play the clip and that wasn't LeBron James. It was somebody interviewing LeBron James. I tried. And, um, here we go. I could have say, and LeBron said this. Listen, you've put everything into the right, game. So there's LeBron, and um, but from- the thing is, NPR will do that. NPR, like we talked about at the very
2: beginning, NPR will play a little clip and then say that was Ben Deleeb, right. uh, the the comedian. But when it, it's it's very tricky to do it properly because when NPR does it, it's a short clip. It's not a long twenty second mm-hmm. clip. It might be a sentence or two. Then NPR jumps in and says, that's Dave Jackson, host of School of Podcasting. Uh, He's telling us what it's like to have been podcasting since 2005. And then NPR will go back and play the rest of the clip. You know, so had he played the little the the intro that where the crowd laughs, Chelsea Handler says, you can't even talk. And then he comes in and says, this is Ben Glebe. On the Chelsea Handler show, they're giving him a hard time about not only does he stutter, now he also lisps. Man, there's no reason to listen to this episode. We're completely spoiling the whole thing for you now. (laughs) So he comes back in, he says, uh, you know, they're giving him a hard time because not only does he stutter now, he also lisps. And then he goes back and plays the rest of the clip. You know, the clip kind of sets it up nicely rather than introduction, clip, introduction, clip. Yeah. So I like what he's trying to do just a little bit tighter and and, and interjecting in the right spots would help him out tremendously.
0: Yeah, I uh, I will say I, I enjoyed the episode as I listened to it. I thought it was a great example of, you know, people talk about storytelling. There's always the hero's journey where you have a person and. They have some sort of hurdle to get over. They have mentors in some cases, in the case of Yoda, that come in and help them. Then it's a matter of can they conquer it? And I thought it was cool because I follow, and I was thinking that as I listened to it, I'm like, oh, and here comes the hero's journey. And when he, he gets rid of his stutter and then they throw in, oh, by the way, here's a lisp for you. I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And so yeah. I, I enjoyed the story that way because I was thinking we were done. And when they threw that in, I was like, oh, wow, this is, so I thought it was a, a great, overall, the story arc, he did a really good job of uh, of editing. So I, that's, that's for me, one of the things that stood, out. I was like, oh, he, he threw that, that little curveball, the lisp in there, really caught me off guard. Yeah, I agree. He says, you know, I got rid of it, and then it came back. And you were like,
2: oh, crud. And then he goes, along with a stutter. And you're like, oh, man, like double kick. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, he does a great job telling stories. Um, overall I, I liked it. I thought it was a pretty solid episode at the very beginning. We talked about how the beginning was really quick. Um, I wish you would have introduced the Ben a little bit more. Give me some of his background. Tell me why I should care why I should listen to this particular episode. What are his credentials? How long has he been doing stand-up? Is he just the guy down at the local open mic night or is he a national comedian being a guy my, personally, myself, uh, who isn't deeply involved in comedy. I don't know all of the comedians, you know, I know a handful, um, but I don't know all of them. So a little more setup at the beginning of why we're actually talking to this particular guest and what the point of the episode was, I think that would have helped. Um, that would have helped me get into the episode a little bit more.
0: Yeah. It gives you a reason to, well, it just helps you make that connection with, uh, in this case his guest. So, um, I, I went and looked at the the tech side of things and I really didn't find anything wrong. We have our favorite thing, which of course is he's missing the, the album art in the ID3 tags, which um, depending on who you're using, if you're using Lipson or when well, in this case he's using Podbean, which is not a horrible choice. What this is, it's information inside your MP3 file. And the only time it comes into play, which is why it's not a huge deal, is if somebody were to download your episode. Now, in your case, on your website, you don't allow people to download the episode. And that would be one of my other things that I would kind of say, you might want to think about that because in Podbean, you can tell it when you make a player, do you want to allow people to download it? And I always just give people as many options as they want. If you want to download it, and especially at work, in some cases, people may not want to have your podcast website open and live a long time. So people can see that you're not working on the Smedley report or whatever you're on Mike's website. <laughs> if you could download it, listen to it and close the website. Uh, that might be something. And uh, when I don't, it, don't, don't forget your TPS cover sheet on that Smedley report. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so I looked and uh, your MP3 file, we're going to get our geek on here a bit. There are ways that when you uh, produce the file, there are certain kind of standard what are called bit rates and this is kind of like how much paint you put on your paintbrush and so and a lot of it has to do if you're stereo or mono and so uh in your case because you are relying so much on music uh and and the theater of the mind here i can see where stereo is a good choice you're at 320 kilobits per second well if we back up a second 128 is considered if you could put up air quotes um cd quality Anything over 320, realize that most of this is going to be heard through earbuds. Um, I listen to it in the car. Um, any kind of nuance that you're going to gain by being above 128 kilobits per second is just lost. It's it's way. So what do you gain from that? Well, you have a larger file to download, um, and you're also going to take up more data. So if somebody is streaming your file, it's going to chew up more data. And here in the U.S. We're pretty rich when it comes to bandwidth, but in places like Australia, especially comes to mind. I know parts of Canada and even I have a friend of mine that lives in North Carolina. And when you're in the mountains of nowhere, um, sometimes it's hard to get internet access. So the longer it takes to download your file, the more headache you may be causing for somebody. So I would just say there's, there's no reason at all to produce your show at 320 kilobits per second. I would say, You know, if you want to do the old Coke, Pepsi taste test, take that same file, export it at 128 and have two people listen to it and have them pick which one is which. And um, if they're in a room with anybody talking in the background or things like that, I don't think anybody's going to notice the difference um, between 128 and, uh, you know, the uh, whatever it was, 320. Uh, When I went to your website it's uh it's fairly simple again the the website is puncheduppodcast.com what that actually is is mike has his comedy website which is uh Malonecomedy.com. and then when you slow and throw in slash punched up that's what takes you right to the podcast so kudos uh for doing that as opposed to go to my website and try to find it <laughs> i that, love that that's always fun because if i actually go to um, your homepage. So if I click out of this, you do have a link right there in the upper right-hand corner that says podcast. So uh, kudos to that. I thought that was well done. And I see where when you go to it and you start to scroll down the page, you do have a, uh, the Podbean player right there and everybody's got a play button. You've got subscribe buttons uh, everywhere, which is great. The only thing that you might want to think about in the future and it's not a huge deal now, is you're really pushing iTunes, which is fine. It is the biggest uh, you know, player in this space right now, but it is losing, not because it's doing anything wrong, but Android is coming more and more onto the scene. And so you might want to have a page that lists all of the options. So here I am in iTunes, here I am in tunein.com is another one to be in because it's tied to the Amazon Alexis or whatever that robot that you talk to on that thing. Um, Their stitcher represents about 4% of the podcast audience. And a lot of people like to go over there. So sometimes it, and this is, there's no right or wrong answer here. Some people love to just promote iTunes because they want to rank up the charts and, and be there. But um, the website, the only thing I thought of really, and and it's one of those things where you have a, a color scheme, which is red, black, and white. And that is basically what everything is there's a lot of white on the website i was like maybe mix in a little more color cuz as i look at it here um the only red is in the the punched up and in the subscribe button so but that's just again it's it's not wrong it's just to me i was like it's a little little white it's like everything's it's it's looking like you know it's not quite the beatles album the white album but it's uh could use maybe a little more color but on the other hand the, the keys are, you've got the, you know, an easy navigation. Um, the only thing I thought was missing is there's no real way to contact you on your website. You know, we have the podcast and, you know, there's a blog and video. And, and if I go to the press page, um, that's all of your press clippings. And maybe this is a case where, you know, you do certain, you do reach a certain level of celebrity that you can't have an about us page or a contact page. Um, the about page I thought was, I almost see that on everybody's page. Cause what if I don't, you know, what if I just found you, you know, usually I come here and I just see home tour press, you know, videos, blog, there's nothing really here describing what the podcast is. Now, granted you've done a really good job of, of putting the a play button there that drives me crazy when you have to click through here and then click there and then the play button. So I thought you did a great job of uh, putting a play button where I didn't have to look for it, but I thought it was kind of odd that there's no about or contact page, but that may be unique to uh, Michael's situation, depending on uh, his comedy career. So, but that's uh, in general, again, here, there, there really wasn't much to, go, Oh, that needs changed. You know, like I said, the only thing I would say is, you know, maybe consider giving people a download link on your player and um, you know, and an about or contact page. Cause usually a podcast is geared to, you know, interact with your audience and well, we can get to the, uh, the end of the show here, Eric, did you have any comments on the, the website? I, I know you, you, you peeked at it. There is a, there is one way to contact him. If you
2: see where you can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and there's a little envelope there that will. Ah, it's uh, at the very bottom. You can, you can email him. If you go to the homepage, it's at the top of the homepage too. It's not very obvious, but um, there is a way. Maybe, he just, maybe but, he just doesn't like to talk to people. Well, I that's
0: don't know. it. See, I went to the, the puncheduppodcast.com, which doesn't have those buttons at the top. But as soon as yeah. I hit home, there you go. I'm at uh, malonecomedy.com and I'm kind
2: of um, I'm on the other side of the fence with you on the color scheme. Okay. Um, If you go to the podcast page, that's the black and white page. Right. And There's just a a smidge of color on that page. Right. I love that page. I think that I love all the white. Um, I, it just looks really cool. It looks sharp and polished. And if I go to the homepage all of a sudden I have all this color, you know, I have the the TV color and the picture color. And this, to me, this looks like every other webpage. Like to me, this doesn't look unique to It it looks, it looks very similar to everything else I see. But when I go to the podcast page and I have that black and white with a touch of red and it's sharp and clean, it looks, um, it looks unique. It looks, I love the theme. I love the way you can find all of the episodes and listen now. Um, so I really like that. Um, I, I would agree that, uh, um, a way to contact would be good. What happens if you click on the bookings page? Can you actually book him through there? Well, I know let's let's look, we're doing this live. There we go. Um, contact Alex. So if you'd like to book Michael Malone, you can go to, you can email book Michael Malone at gmail.com and uh, Alex must be his booking agent. And uh, he'll be more than happy to get back in touch with you.
0: Well, he is a busy little beaver. I mean, if you look at his schedule, he's August 4th, 5th, 6th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 19th. This is a guy who's not sitting at home. He's going from Dallas to uh, Tennessee. So he's, he's on tour. He's got video. He's got a lot of stuff on his, I'm, I'm with you on the front page when you see everything else that has color, it does make it really stand out.
2: Yeah. His bio does exist on his bookings page. You know, he's done some TV, he's done he's done a lot of stand up. Um but uh it, it would be a little uh a little more beneficial, I think, if he had a page specifically about for the average Joe, you know, if somebody's if, if a club manager's is coming looking to book you, obviously the booking tab is going to work because right. the TV and film and the commercial bookings and media inquiries, clubs, all that stuff's all right there, which is fantastic. Headshots for um, for the posters at the club, all of that. That's fantastic. This whole page looks great for if I'm looking to book you or hire you to do TV or or stand up for me. Um, but every average er, everyday Joe, who who's a big fan of Michael Malone comedy and just wants to send you an email. Um, that would be uh, a great opportunity to have that about page.
0: What I love on the homepage, he has a thing that says punched up great comedians, great stories told differently. And I was like, that would be kind of cool if make that a banner at the top of the podcast page, that kind of, that is your about uh, yeah, for the person who's never you know heard of the podcast it's uh, and that could be part of the introduction that we were
2: talking about part of the introduction to the to the show itself so as i click play cuz you know a lot of people think uh, that people read the description in the in the iTunes podcast app about what the show's about but a lot of times i find shows because people recommended them or somebody dis- somebody mentioned it in their podcast so I thought, oh, let's go check it out. And I actually listened to the episode before I bother reading all of the nonsense. Right. <laughs> I'm an audio guy. I don't like to read. That's yeah. why I don't read blogs. I listen to podcasts. So I, I'm only going to go read your about on the on the iTunes um, platform if I enjoy
0: the show. Yeah. Rarely do I read it before I go listen. Because yeah, if we hit it and it's like welcome to the show today. We're going into It's like, okay, well, we're done here. No reason to
2: read Especially the if it was a
0: comedy show. Yeah. I do like the fact when he says, you know, great stories told differently, there are plenty of comedians who are interviewing other comedians and we all learn how, you know, guest a did not get enough hugs growing up and his dad was a jerk. And I'm like, really, we're going to hear that story again. So it's, it's kind of nice that it is different. Um, uh, just and diff-
2: it, is, it is truly different the yeah. way he presents it it feels like you're hanging out in the green room getting stories that nobody else hears um which is the best you know we used to have comedians on the radio show all the time and they would just come hang out and the stories that they would tell during the commercial breaks that they couldn't tell on the air were some of the <laughs> best stories ever <laughs> like oh my god you know we had uh a uh, couple comedians in um that would just, you know, when comedians would come on the radio and just hang out and be themselves, that's when they were the funniest. When they come in and try and do their shtick, you know, we would give them two minutes and then that interview would be over because I'm not here. I'm not interested in hearing your stand up. I want to I want to hear what I'm not going to hear tonight at the club. And we'd have Ralphie Mayen and Ralphie talk about how he loves mullets and how he, you know, yeah. <laughs> pull up next to a Camaro and a guy and a mullet. And uh, his stories were hilarious. So.
0: Well, um, yeah, it was awesome. should we listen to the end of it? Do you have that? Yeah, I've got, uh, I'm just going to fade it in here about the last two minutes here. So I'll hit play Great. and uh, we'll kind of see where we pick him up here. Just know that you're there playing a role.
3: It's what Kenyon Martin one time said during the NBA playoffs. One of my favorite quotes I ever heard. They asked him, how do you perform so well under pressure? And he said, it's easy. Don't let the moment be bigger than what you're trying to accomplish. So nowadays, I don't care if I'm speaking in front of a crowd of 12,000 people in an arena opening for amazing comedians or doing my own shows in front of hundreds or performing my stand-up special on Showtime in front of an international audience or doing my game show in front of millions of people. I don't get the least bit nervous because I'm just there to do a job.
1: Yeah, that pressure goes away. It completely goes away.
3: I'm addicted to Instagram. Okay, I said it, I'm addicted to Instagram. If you don't know what Instagram is, it's an app you get on your phone where you take pictures of things and then you add a filter to it so you look like a much better photographer than you are. And all I do now is try to find beauty in the world. Never saw beauty anywhere. But now I can get likes on it. So all I do is try to convert beauty to likes, that's all I do. How can I make that sunset about me? How can I take that beautiful sunset and get compliments about me for that hey Ben great sunset thank you so much thank you I did that I did that sunset all I do I'm addicted to it taking pictures of everything yesterday I pulled up in my car to a red light and I saw this adorable four year old girl by like a mailbox in a ballerina costume I started taking a picture and I realized everything I'm doing is very inappropriate right now Her father was like, What are you doing? I got nervous and sped off. But in my defense, 63 likes.
1: I can't wait to see Ben's new Showtime special. It airs this Friday night, June 3rd, on, of course, Showtime. Duh. We want to know what you think. We're going to be live tweeting during the whole
0: thing. We want to hear from you. So follow us on Twitter. Follow Ben on Twitter.
1: And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening. Punched Up is a Glasshammer production created and hosted by Michael Malone. The clips you heard of the guest are all released and licensed through them personally. The music you heard is a mixture from imcompetech.com and PremiumBeats.com, the best place to find what you need for your next video audio project. Other clips are licensed through YouTube or our public domain. This episode was mixed by James Warburton Music. Find out more, visit us online at punchedup.com.
0: Which is interesting because that's not the website he gave us. He gave us puncheduppodcast.com. So make sure both those domains work would be that. Uh, The other thing, and I just noticed it now, I didn't notice it when I listened in the car, is he has an ever so slight popping pee problem at the end there. I noticed when he said Twitter, it was like, I was wondering if he had a windscreen in front of him or not. And there was something else he said that, um, I was like, Hmm, am I here? And again, now I am in a quiet room with headphones on. Most people are probably aren't going to notice that. Um, Eric, what were your thoughts on the, as he kind of got out the door there? Um, I kind
2: of had mixed thoughts about his, um, about his clothes. Um, I like that it was brief. I like that he wrapped it up, sent us to the Showtime special, um, ended on a high note with the interview. I thought the comedy clip um, kind of wrapped things up nicely, showed us what uh, what Ben was all about as a comedian. I like that. I thought the call to action could have been stronger. Follow us on Twitter. Great, but I, I got no address. Um, not really sure where you are on Twitter. Um, subscribe was great, but so how do I subscribe? Where, where do I subscribe? Um, a few more instructions would have been great. You know, I love the fact that I can't wait to see the showtime special. We're going to live tweet during it. That's going to be great. Um, join us, but I am not really sure where, who, who's going to be live tweeting. Are we live tweeting on, on, uh, Michael's Twitter, uh, uh, on Ben's Twitter. I need an address to get there. You know, he did, he didn't give me much instruction, Um, and I, I would have liked a little more of that, a little stronger call to action, but, um, I like the way he ended the interview with the comedy bit.
0: Yeah. And I see he's using Squarespace, which is fine. And they make really pretty websites. If there's any way to make a, a clickable link to, you know, if we had go to, you know, Michael, um, malonecomedycom slash subscribe. And again, that's where you could have all those buttons in one place. That would be something that would be specific. I'm not sure on Squarespace if like, let's say this was episode 13, we could go, Oh, just go to michaelmalonecomedy.com slash 13. And everything we talked about, you know, if you want to see links to Ben's website his Showtime special. You could do that as well. And the other thing that allows you to do is every time you say, you know, malonecomedy.com/13. You're reinforcing malonecomedy.com, so it's a way to keep your brand in front of people uh, and and get it back to that. But uh, I I'm with you. I thought the uh, that last clip we played about uh, um, Instagram. It definitely made me laugh. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> that and, was great. And it was kind of that, again, that that hero's journey at the end. You see that Ben's doing OK. He's got a showtime going on. So it was just a great way to wrap up the story. And I did. I felt great after the end of this. I'm like, oh, I'm glad to hear the guy, you know, made through. He, he had a, a tough ride there. But uh, in the end, he uh, he made it through. So
2: so I, so I went over to the website and checked punched up dot com, punched up dot com and punched up dot com slash subscribe all go to the podcast page where the subscribe button is prominently featured right there toward the top there you go so any of them will take you where where you need to go I think Michael just needs to uh, promote that a little bit better if he's looking for more engagement more listeners more subscribers
0: yeah and that might be something you know when you're at a show CDs are dirt cheap you know, on one hand, this is one of those where you're like, does anybody actually listen to a CD? But I've heard of people that will put their podcast on a CD and it'll be like podcast sampler. And so people can listen to it on the way home in their CD player from uh, seeing you. And that might then, it's kind of like that free sample at the grocery store. They're like, oh, and then, you know, the last track is, you know, for for more podcasts, go to, you know, MaloneComedy.com slash podcast or Punched Up Podcast or whatever, (laughs) whatever URL you want to give them. Uh, that might be something in terms of growing your audience because people at a comedy show may not have a clue, you know, what a podcast is. We still, we still have 75% of the the world that hasn't listened to a podcast yet. So that might be something that uh, you could do or, you know, just if, if uh, I've seen people, um, you know, if somebody wants to do a selfie and you're like, great, and then grab their phone and subscribe them to your, <laughs> podcast and show them how to do that. Uh, I saw that was a cool move. I saw at uh, podcast movement where, uh, uh, one guy who said uh, he would sell you a t-shirt or he'd give you one if you subscribe to his podcast. I thought that was an interesting little twist, kind of hard to eat on free subscriptions, but, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, some things like that. But I, I know it to me, I, I like the show. There really wasn't much to, uh, to tweak. I, I liked some of the things you mentioned, Eric, the different ways you can use, uh, Music as a transition, maybe not so much to to color, but um, all in all, this would be definitely I I listen to a lot of bad podcasts. And this is not when I when I hit play and, and I saw what Mike was doing, I was like, oh, here's somebody who definitely is taking a lot of time. I mean, I just tried one of these episodes and it was a 20 minute episode. It took me four hours because I was taking all these phone interviews I'd done. And things like that. Plus, finding all the clips—it's a lot of work to do this
1: yeah.
2: kind
0: of episode. So,
2: I was highly impressed with his editing ability and uh, the way he put the show together. I thought that was fantastic. It truly is a unique sort of show, um especially for a comedy podcast. I thought that stood out incredibly well. I loved—I loved the way he's going with it. All I'm trying to do is let's see if we can polish it up a little bit more and make it a little stronger and get a little stronger call to action at the end. But Overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great show.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I was glad to see that he didn't do is he has um, titles that either in many cases, you're like, what? like one title was called Kiss of Death. You know, that, that kind of they don't really explain what's in the show, but they're kind of uh, like one was well, the one we listened to from Speechless to uh, Showtime. So they were kind of intriguing. I don't know if you'd want to put the name of the person in the episode, So if it was, you know, from Speechless to Showtime, you know, Ben. Speechless to Showtime makes
2: perfect sense after you listen to the episode. Yeah. But does it entice you to actually click play, which is what the headline needs to do? The headline needs to make you read the story.
0: And uh, I don't know if Speechless to Showtime does Does. that. They're all intriguing. They're all that kind of, I wonder what this is about. And that works on some people and other people that are like, I have no idea what that is. I don't want to hear it. So I just was thinking in terms of findability, you sometimes if you put the name. (laughs) Did you just make up a word? I think so. (laughs) If you put the person's name that, the you know, in this case, this person's story, you know, how Ben and I forget Ben's last name, Ben, whatever, um, the comedy guy. Please. Yeah. Overcame his, you know, et cetera, et cetera. um, that, That might be something else that might bring you a larger audience if you can work the because if anybody's looking for ben in itunes um if let's say ben had his own podcast well you'd it would show up for his podcast but your podcast would also show up as well so that's another way you can
2: but i also don't want michael to do what everybody else does right you know i don't want the headline to be the same headline everybody else would use because the way he positions his podcast is unique interviews and unique conversations so I want to take him a step toward more of a headline, but I don't want him to be, I don't want him to be. Epis- pedestrian.
0: Yeah. Episode no. six, Ben fleece. Yeah. that Right. Yeah. So if you go,
2: if you go, uh, Ben Glees, uh stuttering to showtime or whatever, whatever the, you know, you still have, uh, you ha- still have that air of, uh, of interest, of intrigue. Um, while incorporating his name into it to kind of let people know what the show's all about or who we're talking to. Yeah. Well, Eric, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me over at podcasttalentcoach.com. Uh, the workbook's there. The podcast is there. Helpful worksheets that are absolutely free for you there as well. It's all over at podcasttalentcoach.com. And Dave, what do we... uh?
0: Where are we directing people today for you? You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. And if you'd like to have your show reviewed, just go over to podcastreviewshow.com uh, slash review me if you want to go right to the page with the form. And uh, you can pick the way you want to be reviewed, whether it's like Michael chose and just he's I think he's um, I don't know that he's I, I'm, I'm getting a hint that he might be from the UK. Because that... i noticing
2: I wish he was on the show with us today. Because I think we would have had yeah. just a barrel of laughs. He sounds like a guy that could be a lot of fun, and uh, but you know he chose. He's probably a busy guy. You know yeah. he's out That's touring it. and getting gig- a lot. So. Uh, when we have time to jump on, he may not be available. So if you want to do it like Michael does, w- we're more than happy to uh, review your show without you. But we sure do uh, enjoy when you come on and talk with us too. You can do that. Both of those options are available for you over at the, uh, over at the website, Podcast Review Show.
0: And we should probably mention right now, no line. Come on in, get your podcast reviewed, and uh, we look forward to working with you. So until... Somebody comes on up, steps up to the plate, and uh, we haven't made anybody cry yet still. Uh, we will see you again real soon with another episode of the Podcast Review Show.
1: Thanks for tuning in to our show. If you'd like to get reviewed, go to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. Want to give us a review? Go to podcastreviewshow.com slash iTunes. Links to today's podcast, along with ways for you to connect with us, can be found at our website at podcastreviewshow.com. Looking for an in-depth review? Need some podcasting pointers? Sign up for a coaching session with Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com.
0: Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods To help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for absolutely free, and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course. But there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon, March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah, that's like, holy cow, it's coming right up. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash booklaunch. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash book lunch. I can't wait to see you there.